0: Spend lots of time on your device, then spend some of that time with us. WSJ Podcasts, the sound of success. Coming up. Coming up
1: on the Financial Food Fight, is this the big one?
0: This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Now, from New York, Financial Food Fight. Welcome to
1: the Food Fight. Hope you brought your mashed potatoes. Paul Vigne here with you today. Uh, on my right, Ben Levison from Barron's. Across from me, Kristen Scholar, my compatriot at the Money Beat blog. On the phone, Chuck Jaffe from Market Watch. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Oh, can't do this without you, Chuck. <laughs> and, and look, this is what I want to say, folks. This is it. We have a one-sentence uh, topic this afternoon. Is this the big one? And and I believe that it very well could be. You have the stock market really turning over. You have the, uh, I mean, really, you can look across the capital markets and whichever one you want to pick out, you can find that there are some real problems there. I think that the worm is finally turning, and this great, nice, happy bull market that everyone loved is about to uh, end. No, 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> can't say that I'm in that camp either. Oh,
1: my. All right. Well, this is going to be a good food <laughs> fight then. Uh, Chuck Jaffe, give me your thoughts on that. What do you think?
2: Well, we still
3: until you wind up getting to a spot where you have some measure of euphoria. Nope, I'm not seeing it. We still have so much cash on the sidelines. And even if you take a look at all the dealer forecasts, and there are plenty of them, you still have a situation where the stock market is still going to be the best place to invest your money. And as a result, you don't have the things there to turn it over and turn it into a crash. Downturn? Sure. The interesting side is when people start talking the way you are right now with a Fed meeting in such close proximity is are we going to somehow find a way to make it that the Fed actually postpones next week. But that aside, no, this is not the beginning of a crash.
1: Wow. Yeah, let's uh, actually hold on to that thought about the Fed next week. We're going to come back to that one. Uh, Ben, why am I an idiot?
4: And, well, I'm not saying you're an idiot because, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking odds here. Um, yeah. And, I mean, to me this feels like – remember the beginning of the year we had that really tight range in the market where it just wasn't doing anything. Yeah. We broke out of that range in August, starts flying around, bounces back up. I think we're in a really big range now that's going to be flying everywhere. And it's going to have these moments where we're going, oh, my God, this is the end. We're going to f- fly down and then uh, – Something's going to happen. It's going to shoot back up. Everyone's going to go, oh, we're going to break those highs and we're not going to do it either. I think we're just stuck here for a while.
1: Uh, I I think you're both wrong, but I want to hear I want to hear Kristen's take on this.
2: (laughs) Well, for one, I think that there are, are expectations that oil is going to stabilize and hopefully rise in the new year. And I think that certainly would give a lot of confidence to some traders. Recently, we've seen the stock market moving very closely to oil. And yes, both are down today. But there are expectations that hopefully that should bottom. And of course, we're still waiting on it. um, But lower oil prices obviously help consumers. And hopefully that will spur some more spending this holiday season. I think that it's preemptive to say that this is it uh, before the Fed meeting next week. But Certainly, the concerns out there are are that the stock market is moving closely with oil. That we've also seen this correlation recently with the dollar too, which is new over the past Mm -hmm. few months. The high yield debt market um, and 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 the bond market too. Bond prices are rising. That's you know speaking to this risk off sentiment as stocks are falling. And um, the one thing I will say to add on Chuck's point earlier is that last week, for the week ended Wednesday, we did have. Um, a spike in bear sentiment and a plunge in bullish sentiment, and usually that's that is a contrarian indicator. So more more bears out there could actually be a good thing for the stock market.
4: I think the the, the, the big thing we have to worry about, to your point, yeah. is I mean, are we going to go into a recession here? And the and the big fear is what we're seeing in the high yield uh, bond market, the junk bond market, right now is that with them selling off so much and the yields there spiking. Is that a, a sign that we are going into a recession? Is the cost of right. uh, credit going to be too much? that, And that will kill the market. What I think about is I think the
1: stock market is actually not the leading indicator of where we're going right now. And, and you look at the stock market. I mean, basically, the stock market for the year has gone nowhere. It's gone up a little bit, went down a lot in August, came back. You, you look at it year to date, it's gone nowhere. But look, think about this. You've had... Already, since since Ben Bernanke first hinted, just hinted, that the Fed might raise interest rates, uh, you've had a lot of damage, but you've had a couple of broad markets just completely fall apart. Emerging markets commodities markets. Now you're seeing the junk bond market, the high yield market, which is really rolling over and that's becoming problems. You are seeing a lot of this sort of hot money that was all created by these central banks. You are seeing it come out of the places where it was going when the money was free and when the, when the you know, summer is here and times are easy. You know, you're seeing all these things unwind. And it's really curious that, hmm, Now you have the Fed preparing to tighten, even though it's only 25 basis points. I know everyone says it's only 25 basis points, but when you were talking about, I think it's something like $8 trillion has been created by central banks since the crisis, that money has gone into what I would consider a lot of just malinvestment, people taking free money and making stupid bets with it. And I think you are starting to see that really, really unwind and, you know... Whether the stock market is in a bull or bear market, the stock market is in a—it's—it's it's a null market. The U.S. stock market has gone nowhere this year. It has not gone up or down.
3: At the same time, if you just judge from closing prices, yeah. it's moved more than thirty-five thousand points this year. Right. If you, if you uh, add it's them all gone, up, right? It's gone, it's gone all over the place in going nowhere. Right. So I, I don't know that you can, you know. We are in the business of taking a look. Yes, long-term, it's gone nowhere. That's actually probably been a pretty good thing. But you've had 35,000-plus points at this point of movement during the course of the year. Well, that's, just follow that's, the Dow yeah, that,
1: that's like people who look at NASCAR and say, what the hell am I looking at? They're going around in a circle. <laughs> five, you know, hundred times. That's what you're looking at, Chuck. The market is going around in a circle. Why can't – if, listen – if things are good, why can't the market go higher? Why is it stuck where it is? Why have we had a year where the market has been capped?
4: Because we have why? no freaking clue. We have no clue. I mean, it, it, there are moments where we're thinking everything's going to be okay, and there, there are moments where we think it's all going to go to heck. Yeah. And that's what the market does. And it's following all these other credits that maybe, or all these other markets that might be sending little hints of which way it's going, but we don't know. And so, I mean, this is not 2013 where it was very obvious that, things were getting better this is one where i don't know it's a coin flip and the market will keep doing that until we get to a sign that's really going one way or the other
1: all right let's let's (laughs) wait wait, chuck (laughs) chuck 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 hold on to it let's let's take a break here because we're at about that point we'll take a break we'll come back And uh, Chuck Jaffe, just hold your breath for 10 seconds and then just jump right in.
0: Do your stories at the water cooler always seem to fall flat? Then listen to What's News from The Wall Street Journal. WSJ Podcasts, the sound of success. Now, financial food fight.
1: All right, we're back. We're throwing mashed potatoes and hash. I say it's the big one. These guys think I'm crazy. Chuck Jaffe, I made you hold your breath. Uh, You can exhale and tell me what you were about to say.
3: Well, I just want to know, since when is it considered a horrible thing that the market goes sideways? I mean, you were talking about, it like, why can't the market go up? The market's not always going to go up. On average, the market's going to go down one out of every three years, historically speaking. I don't think we've reined the game on history. We've gotten better than that since the, time of the, the last market crisis. So, you know, sideways, sideways doesn't feel that bad. If you can have lots of movement and stay in a, in a reasonably tight range, and you get to blow off some of the steam, that's not so bad. It's the avoiding the big things that are the bigger issues.
1: Well, sure. But, I, look, if you had sideways in a world that looked normal, I might agree with you. But you don't have sideways in a world that looks normal. And there is no growth overseas, economic growth. Very, you know, I mean, what are you going to say? Oh, Japan avoided a recession. Great, they've avoided their... Fourth recession in five years or wherever the numbers are. There is not a lot of growth anywhere. And in the U.S., we are wondering what is going on here. You know, l- look at the data. I don't think the data is very good. I think we're lucky to be treading water with a Fed that had been uh, holding rates at ridiculous... Actually, they'll still be at ridiculously
4: unprecedented precip- levels. The Fed, though, has been precedented levels. The, the yes. Fed, though, has been tightening. Over the I mean, last year. I, I mean, yeah, with, right. the, with the end of tapering. I mean, they've been... Right. That, that was essentially t- uh, tapering. I mean, that was right. tightening. Tightening, yeah.
2: The beginning of tightening. Yeah, it has been one long consolidation phase, I will say that. And I think strategists largely expect stocks to deliver very muted gains in, in the new year, too. So this this consolidation period could extend into 2016. I think a lot of the uncertainty this year does stem from the Fed. Going into the year, people were thinking that maybe it would up rates in the late spring. Then it was the summer. Then it was September. Now we're near the last policy meeting of the year next week and in the middle of December. And I think to help traders' confidence, they do need this leadership from the Fed, this stamp of approval that the Fed in their mind, thinks that the economic data is strong enough to support a a rate rise and that the economy is improving. And hopefully along with that, or you you would imagine along with that, if they do signal that the economy is strong enough to absorb higher borrowing costs, you'd expect the dollar to rise. and, And hopefully that would broaden out the rally to small cap stocks, and, and disperse it among just those few major tech winners that we've had this year that really are leading the charge. Amazon, uh, Netflix, Facebook, the Google. Fang. The fang, the fang, right? The fang, that's right.
1: <laughs> right. You know, look, let's talk about the Fed. Does anybody at this point think that the Federal Reserve is really raising interest rates on next week, assuming that they do? I mean, you get a couple more days in the market like this, and God only knows. But it, does anyone really think that they're looking to raise interest rates next week because they think the economy has truly turned a corner?
4: They're raising rates because they think they need to. Right. I mean, that's, exactly. that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's, it has. I mean, if they've never – hiked interest rates with economic indicators the way they are now. You've never – I don't think they've ever done it with a PMI, a manufacturing PMI under 50. Right.
2: And I think the market's ready for it. Um, and so if they don't raise rates now, they might you know, risk losing some of their credibility. They've said all along – you know, we want to make sure that the markets are ready for it. We don't want to spook anyone. And the futures market, um, based on CME data, is certainly pricing in a rate rise next week. And among the economists that we recently surveyed at The Wall Street Journal, 97 percent of them said that they thought a rate rise was coming next week.
1: Yeah, I I mean, they they have to raise rates at this point just because they've said it so many times. Or they have to be really clever about their reason for not doing it. Uh, Would a clever reason be that uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has lost 6% in a week? Uh, I'm not saying it's not there yet, but I mean, you know, could the market, could what we see in the market on Friday and what we've seen this whole week, could the market alone
4: get the Fed to back off? Depends on how big the drop is.
3: God, I hope not. How's that? It's could it? I'm I'm sure at this point the Fed has been wishy washy enough that you could see it happen. But God, I hope not. That that would be it's bad enough that they've held off this long yeah. and what have you. They need to get on about their business and take care of it. No matter how bitter the medicine is, time to take it.
2: They held off in September because of the financial market deterioration right. in August. That was a lot worse than what we've seen over the past five days or so. So I think uh, people are, are hesitant to, to say, you know, let, let's back off on a rate rise yeah. just yet. So you guys,
4: you guys, are, you're not concerned about what you see? I'm quaking in my boots.
1: You're quaking in your boots? I, I have money in
4: this market. Do I mean, you? Yeah. I got money in there. And, okay. You know, it's, uh, I've made some nice gains over the years, and now it's, you know, I'm watching it. You know, my account values fly around. Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah. Um, not
3: not but, nervous at all.
4: You're not nervous at all. No. Uh, because you're not
1: nervous at all because, because you are invested smartly, or I, you're not nerve and you can avoid a crash, or you're not nervous at all because you don't think there's going to be a crash.
3: Uh, not nervous at all because, well, yes, invested smartly, invested for the long term. Don't believe we're going to see an incident where I go, oh my goodness, this is going to be something that I cannot recover from, and. You know, go back and remember, the worst day that any investor alive today experienced was Black Monday, 1987. Nobody's gotten, you know, when we got to the 25th anniversary of, of that event, nobody got out and said, Oh, man, I can't retire. You know, I was 45 then. I can't retire now. 25 years later, I'm still working at 70 because of that day or that week. So I always tell people that I invest for 65-year-old Chuck, and it's probably closer to 70-year-old Chuck, (laughs) that's the retired me. He's going to show up someday and want to know what I did with my money. And I would hate to have to tell him that, ooh, I got scared and I I moved away from a strategy that was based on the long term.
1: Well, you know, you talk about the long term, and we talk about the markets, and this is something I I was thinking earlier, and it's another reason why I don't think the market is really leading things anymore. You look at the – you know, when we talk about the S&P levels of the s and all that stuff, those are all nominal. When you look at these things adjusted for inflation, they are still below levels that they were uh, 10, 15 years ago. And I think the the crisis in 2008 and the the subsequent years between that scared people out of the markets. You still have a lot of people who will not go back into the stock market. And I don't think that long-term, Chuck, the capital markets have done good by people.
3: You know, I would disagree with that one for the most part, just because it still is the best place to be putting your money long term. And if the the fact is, I would say that those people didn't do well by themselves.
4: Yeah, I would. I mean, my parents are getting to this age; they're they're Mm. having this retirement discussion. Um, They they invested well, Um, and I don't think they're they're not one of these people that's going to say, "Oh, the stock market hasn't done done well by us." It's done what it's supposed to. Um, I mean, it's not fun, but hopefully. In 25 years, then we'll all be able to look back and, yeah, and say that this was OK.
1: Wow. Uh, ben, that was a, that would have been a really nice final thought. Uh, but we're going to take a break and we're going to get to a final thought. So maybe you can come up with something even better than that. Uh, we'll come back in about just a, just about 30 seconds.
2: Join the Wall Street Journal at the Future of Everything Festival on May 21st to 23rd in New York City, where diverse global newsmakers share unique perspectives on navigating a changing world. Immerse yourself in live performances, explore pioneering technologies, and indulge in the city's inventive culinary scene. As a podcast listener, enjoy 20% off current ticket rates with code PODCAST. Visit wsj.com slash f-o-e-f podcast to secure your spot.
0: Traveling on business? Then take us along and stay on track. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, this is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Now, from New York, Financial Food Fight.
1: All right, we're back with some final thoughts here, and i want to turn this to Kristen. Kristen, you are the only one out of this group today that uh, can even plausibly... Look at your future and 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 see decades and decades of of productive work years ahead of you. Mm-hmm. When you when you look at what's going on right now, and what, and your friends too. I mean, what do you guys think? What do you make of this moment?
2: Well, I would say it certainly doesn't feel good to lose money, but I don't think that there's this profound feeling of being scared. Um, of, of course, my generation has mostly only seen stocks go up. And this past year, everyone's wondering, you know, well, where are the 10, 20 percent gains that we saw the past few years? Um, I, I don't necessarily. I, again, I think most I think most of the people, at least that I, I that I spend my time with are invested for the long term. And there doesn't seem to be any sense of, of fear out there. Yeah. Among them, and I
1: think it's interesting, Ben and Chuck. Both of you, Ben, you said you were quaking in your boots. Chuck, you said you're not worried at all,
4: but you guys still think the same kinds of things about where the markets are going. I mean, that's um, I'm quaking my boots, but I do the same kind of thing that Chuck does, and yeah. that keeps me from acting on the fear. Um, right. That's the, that's the biggest mistake you make is when you get scared and you do something. So, yeah, I'm I'm terrified because that's the kind of person I am. I just get scared about <laughs> things, but you know, hopefully, my portfolio set up in a way that I'm not going to freak out and dumb things at the worst time. Uh, Chuck, take us out. Send us into the weekend happy.
3: Well, you know, the most dangerous words in the investing lexicon are this time it's different. And I think it would be very dangerous to look and say this time it's different. Market's going to go through cycles. Things are going to get ugly at times. Don't take your eye off the ball. And and don't let everything be determined by the market. Let's remember that most of those indexes, they don't include the dividends that you're getting and everything else. Mm -hmm. If you've got a well-planned portfolio, Yes, it's going to wind up riding the tide, but ultimately it should deliver you to your goals. And it would be bad to forget that at a time when the market is frothy.
1: Uh, don't let the market dictate. Hmm. Who who could use that advice next week? Let's see. Oh yeah. All right. Hey everybody. Have a good weekend. This has been the Food Fight. Ben, Kristen, Chuck, myself. Have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week.